Twelve minutes it is after 8pm. It's our tech conversations here on Metro FM Talk. Now, this evening, uh, we speak to the South African Communications Forum, uh, which uh, says the consequence of the delay in the licensing of high-demand spectrum is going to be devastating for the sector, consumers and the economy. Now, Ikasa was set to auction the long-awaited high-demand spectrum by the end of this month. And uh, it has recently uh, been interdicted by the North Gauteng High Court from doing so, following an urgent application by Telcom. And uh, uh, we certainly had a chance to speak uh, to the Group Regulatory Affairs uh, Officer at uh, uh, Telcom Siabonga Matangu sometime last week about that particular application. But uh, our discussion on the score continues. And uh, Katharina Pillay joins me on the line. She's the Managing Director uh, of uh, uh, the South African Communications Forum. Katharina, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening and thank you for having me. Katharina, maybe before we start, uh, the South African Communications Forum, who, who are you guys? What is it that you do? Um, uh, just before we, uh, I guess, uh, get to the impact of uh, what this delay is going to mean for the sector. We're an industry association that represents a broad group of players in the ICT sector. And our focus is primarily policy and regulation in the ICT sector that really looks to creating an inclusive and competitive sector that attracts and sustains investment. And the reason that's important is because the ICT sector is an investment. Its effectiveness is dependent on the the continuous investment in infrastructure. Um, And that's largely what we do. So our members include licensee and prospective licensees, as well as OTT players and original manufacturers and that sort of thing. So we ha- we represent a broad spectrum of players in the sector. Sure, sure. And and I guess, you know, uh, many of your members would uh, potentially have benefited uh, at, at any stage of that value chain uh, from the release of this high-demand spectrum. Uh, but uh, are, are you not at all sympathetic, I guess, to some of the concerns that uh, ETV, Telcom, and uh, I guess even MTN are raising? So... the you know, I, we also view that any stakeholder would need to address their concerns um, based on, you know, allow and uh, you know to allow themselves to participate in, in in the in the licensing process, which is what I understand that Telcom, ETV, and MTN has done. So they've raised concerns and. The concerns don't necessarily mean that they want the process stopped or delayed, from what I understand from some of my members. The reality is that, in their view, they see challenges uh, or they see hurdles that need to be addressed. So, uh, you know, and each of them has comes from a different position. The reason that that. While we think that's important and it needs to be addressed, but the reality is any stoppage like this is mm. a huge delay because you don't know how long the stoppage is going to be. Spectrum sure. hasn't been licensed for about a decade and a half. That means that licensees, existing licensees, have mm. become increasingly constrained. Um, they've had to roll out networks not in the most efficient way because they have to they roll out much more infrastructure than they ordinarily would have had had they had the appropriate amount of spectrum. And, you know, the concern really is that there were other licenses that were granted licenses 
over a decade ago, but they never had access to spectrum, so they never came to the market. And this mm. continues to be the case. So the interdict, um, you know, this process consisted of uh, two parts. One is Telcom had asked the court to interdict the process, to interdict ECASA from adjudicating the bids that were submitted by existing licensees for high demand spectrum in December. And the second part of the interdict related to um, applicants for the WON or the Wholesale Open Access Network for those that mm-hmm. not to be submitted, that that date gets pushed out. So the court granted the interdict. And we would go to court, not we, the stakeholders would go to court um, towards the middle of the year. And we don't know what the court is going to find. The court could yeah. find that there are elements that ICASA needs to rework. It could... Um, sure. So the end result is, if the court finds but, a challenge... But Katharina, is, with, is that not the issue? Is that not the issue here? That we, in, in, in no small part, have also seen delays to the process. Um, you know, if I think about the digital migration, you know, and how so many people held it up in court that the delays have also been, I guess, uh, due to uh, some of these court challenges as well. And, you know, some, someone was saying to us yesterday that, you know, if you've had to wait for this long, you surely can wait a, a bit longer to make sure that this process is done right because it's not the kind of process you, you're doing every single year or, or every sort of second year. Uh, what do you guys make of that? That, um, you know, you'd rather, I guess, deal with the frustration of the delays but make sure that you get a process that everybody can buy into. Uh, which makes it a bit more durable and uh, probably not as subject to legal challenge in the future? A robust process that is less challengeable is the ideal. But the reality is we've waited 15 years for this process. And if the process is stopped as a result of the court application, say, for example, the court finds on one or more grounds in, in any of these applications, it means that ICASA would have to go and fix those elements, reissue an IPA, and the consequence of that is we don't know how long. It's not like a fixed period of time that you say six months ago you fix the IPA and you move on. We don't know how long that but, would be. But would you rather operate... Sorry, Katharina, but would you rather operate in a space where you know, there's a high likelihood of court challenges if indeed this does proceed. Because, I mean, it does seem that, uh, you know, uh, ETV and Telcom, from what I see, aren't the only ones who, who have some sort of misgivings or, or, or some concerns about the, the process and I, how this has been put together. I think the concerns are very real. However, I don't know if the court route is necessarily the best way. It would seem, based on our Experience and how long the delays last, that the various parties have to get together and find a solution so that the stoppage that we now see is as short as is possible. Because, I mean, the longer the delay, the harder it gets. From a congestion point of view, you have more dropped calls. The, the rollout to different areas is, is limited the inclusion or, or new license, introduction of new licenses is not at mm. the pace that we would like to see. It's, it's a, there's significant downsides, including it, you know, it impacting government um, initiatives to bring down the cost to communicate. 
So it has several impacts. In addition to that, South Africa has told the world that we need spectrum for economic development. And you would have seen with some of the downgrades that spectrum was raised as an issue because we said to the world we need this, and then we've seen these delays. So it's really not mm. in, in anyone's interest for, the, for this delay to be indefinite. The second thing is that we talk about 4IR. 4IR is not happening without the spectrum. And the real question is, how long are we going to wait? Because we don't know what that definitive period is. We don't know what the court will find. We also don't know how long it would take for Castle to fix it. So the ideal solution would where we find ourselves... Katharina, sorry to disturb you there. Unfortunately, we have to take a quick spot break. So I want us to pause there. Just hold that thought and uh, we'll certainly... Uh, come back uh, to you on that uh, specific point and uh, uh, as we continue to talk about uh, the licensing of high demand spectrum with the South African Communications Forum, SACF's Managing Director, Katharina Pillay is my guest. It's our Tech Conversations here on Metro FM Talk, and I'm in conversation this evening with the South African Communications Forum, and uh, their managing director, Katharina Pillay, is my guest, and we're talking about the implications of the delays to the licensing of high-demand spectrum. And Katharina, before we had to go to the break, I guess you were talking about the implications that this is going to have uh, on the fourth industrial revolution, and uh, I guess the deployment of some of that uh, uh, cutting-edge technology that comes with that. Yes, so the idea would be for the various stakeholders to find a way forward. You know, some of their concerns will be addressed and some won't. And I don't quite know what the exact solution is at this point, and that's something that the parties would have to come to the table to address. But they certainly have to look at what are the deal breakers and how we can move this process forward. Because if we don't, the process of licensing spectrum gets pushed out further. It becomes more difficult, you know, in terms of, of networks because I don't know if you've experienced poor quality and congestion, you know. Um, this is not ideal. So you have operators that need to continue to do this. We can't continue to say that we're dropping on various rankings as a country, but we don't have the infrastructure to be able to help us move forward. So it's in everyone's interest to find a solution as quickly as possible. And you would have seen that the Minister of Communications had, um, well, it's proposing some sort of mediation um, to find a solution to the this, this spectrum impact so that we can move forward. And I think that's something that ought to be supported. And, and I guess, you know, the, the other question, Katarina, um, that many people might be asking themselves is around this whole uh, wholesale open access network. Um, wh- what impact is that going to have, if any, on that small ISP uh, who's trying to enter the marketplace but probably doesn't have, I guess, the capital to, to invest, you know, in the type of uh, upstream infrastructure that uh, rolling out a network might require in our context? Uh, how do we navigate that? And uh, I guess, are you satisfied that, uh, you know, if we were to move ahead tomorrow, that we would be able to resolve that particular issue? I don't think moving ahead tomorrow is an option. I think that, you know, there was there, there is going to be this lag. That is the reality we face. 
Um, but you asked me about the wholesale open access network, and that the interdict has halted a cost of moving forward on that. And even in compiling the bids, I was talking to one of the, the bidders earlier this afternoon, and one of the things that they raised is it costs, you know, it costs a lot of money to compile a bid. And they're going to have to restart the process because invariably we expect that the ITA will change. Um, in the unlikely event that, or maybe not, I shouldn't say unlikely, but in the event that ECASA does manage to win, you know, in all of the, the areas of challenge and they can continue in the ITA, which seems unlikely at this point, um, then we would be able to still license this year. In the absence of that, should the court find, you know, um, in favor of some of the, the concerns raised by other licensees, the spectrum is not being licensed this year. And that has a significant knock-on impact on, you know, on the various licensees and consumers in any event. Part of so, the, so, the, no, no, sorry, please go ahead. Part of the temporary solution that, you know, that helps uh, operators during COVID is they've they've had access to temporary spectrum, which has alleviated some of the congestion yeah. because we've seen a lot of of literature, we've seen articles, we've seen a whole lot of things that, you know, the minute everything flipped with the lockdown and people started uh, working and learning and, uh, you know, the entertainment came from home, everything was very dependent on communications networks. And that increased the traffic. But once you start, mm. you, know, you know, watching Netflix as an example, you don't automatically change to something else because you've already incurred the setup costs of, you know, the infrastructure and all of that. Um, so that significantly changes patterns. And as we've seen with the various ways, more companies tend to want to have people working from home which has a significant impact on, you know, the spectrum. And this is not like somebody licensed the spectrum and you can roll out the necessary network tomorrow. It takes time. And we saw that even with the licensing of temporary spectrum at the beginning of mm. COVID, it wasn't an immediate thing that you suddenly had all this infrastructure in the country, you rolled it out and we had networks. It was quite a process. So but, but all Katharina, these things, you know, have Katharina. enough an effect. I want to come back to the question I was asking. Um, and I wasn't necessarily suggesting that we would be ready and being ready tomorrow would be an option. What I'm asking is the proposed rollout approach in the licensing of high demand spectrum, especially for some of the ISPs who aren't in the mold, I guess, of the top four or five producers in the country. Um, do you feel that you are satisfied as an organization that the current framework to license spectrum, the one that is being contested by many different parties, um, would be adequate enough to at least deal with the challenge of the barriers to entry into the sector for many of the smaller ISPs? I don't think the ISPs would necessarily be vying for the spectrum that, that seems, uh, in, that's in dispute at the moment. Because at, I think earlier this year, ICASA published the list of licensees that were vying for the spectrum and had submitted bids. And it really was the, 
it was MTN, Vodacom, Cellcom, Celsius, Rain, and Liquid. Um, so it wasn't really a host of, of other players. Um, so, so I mean it from, from like an M, from an MVNO, MVNO perspective. So, yes. so I mean, a lot of them would not be vying for it directly, but they would certainly be looking for opportunities to at least get some upstream uh, action that would allow them to provide services to their consumers. Yes, and so so the absence of spectrum or the lack of licensing of spectrum impacts everybody because how do you have additional capacity in your network when when you are significantly constrained, one of the things that operators have done is they've they've had to. So basically, what would happen is if you have enough spectrum, you can roll out more efficiently, and your base stations don't actually have to be as close. When you don't have sufficient amounts of spectrum, then you have to reuse and reuse and reuse, which makes the layout more expensive and quite difficult to manage. And they've been in this situation for a decade and a half. In about, just before 2010, um, there were a number of licensees that had also um, been licensed with the license conversion. Some of them were soft licenses in the previous, sorry, they, they were, um, they were the kind of like, uh, they were vans licenses that were converted to individual licenses in the new framework. And when that happened, there were a number of licenses that had plans or intentions to roll out. And they've been trying to, to get this sort of spectrum for years. And in the absence of accessing that spectrum, they've been unable to roll out. So in as much as we say we want new players, if we don't make the spectrum available, these new players can't come in. It becomes increasingly difficult for them. Okay. Katharina, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, unfortunately, we have run out of time, but a uh, uh, real pleasure catching up with you, and thank you very much uh, for speaking to us this evening. That there was Katharina Pillay, Managing Director at the South African Communications Forum, speaking to us about the licensing of high-demand spectrum. We take a brief break now, and uh, we continue after this.